Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show and welcome Jason and you other loyal listeners and welcome to you who are new to the program. Today we talk about clairvoyance, seeing and sensing things at a distance. 
And please keep this in mind when talking with a friend after discussing the weather. Tell each other the best coincidence story you can think of. And here's one from the football practice field of mine from a college incident on that field. While we were practicing, without knowing why, and this is a key thing, without knowing why, I set up two tackling dummies on the practice field. I picked up a football and then twice ran between them, those tackling dummies. Two, two days later, returning a punt against Johns Hopkins, I confronted the same situation on the football field. There were two guys right next to each other coming at me, and I knew what to do. I ran right between them and went 90 yards for a touchdown. Seems like I knew something about the future. Well, you heard my coincidence story. Tell people yours. Ask for theirs. Suzanne Clories, our guest today, is the author of the book Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider and the founder and producer of the podcast The Extraordinary Project podcast. Her work has appeared in Salon, Elle, The Rumpus, aired on National Public Radio. Recently, she was awarded an Illinois Arts Council Literary Prize and an artist in residency at the Ragdale Foundation in Lake Forest, Illinois. Welcome back to the show, Suzanne. Thank you so much, Bernie. It's great to be here. Well, tell me, what do you think of that story I just told? Well, a few things came to mind. I think one was, um, and I, I forget this until you tell stories like this, you are an athlete and you are a lifelong athlete. And there's something about being in the present moment that is very familiar to athletes and uh, natural, I think, than, than men, more natural than for many of us. Um, and so it, it makes sense to me that you had an idea or you had a feeling um, or an impression that you uh, should it was, it was set a, up. It was a feeling and it was a feeling to move. And that feeling to move is what I want uh, to get across to our audience is that sometimes those feelings to move for no good reason may have a reason behind them. So you may as well see what happens. Right. And and I think as an athlete, you must be trained just to follow that all the time. You don't even question it. You don't attach a plan to it. You don't wonder why. That's a that's a good point, too, because um, I was returning another um, uh, kickoff uh, and a kickoff at another time during a game. And I just had this feeling that I should go to the left around the around the 40 yard line as I picked the ball up around the, on, on the about the three yard line and just felt like I should go left. Oh, I think I'll go left. <laughs> which I did, and uh, uh, and then I, I, that was a 97-yard run that that ended up on that one, uh, and I think you're right. We, we, when you're out there and running, uh, you've got to like uh, respond to something, uh, something that tells you maybe this is the better thing to do. Right, and information is coming in. It sounds like I mean I'm not an athlete, but I danced for a long time, and so there is like a certain amount of bodily information that comes into you. But if you're playing a game, I imagine you're just you're not really questioning it. You can't possibly process all of that. I mean, all of that information at the speed that is required. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. But when I when that said go turn left. The it was as if uh, I was talking to somebody. It was very in what regular time might seem to be at that moment while I was running with the ball and these big guys were trying to knock me down. Mm. Uh, it, it was very quiet, that quiet in the midst of the storm kind of experience. Mm. Do you ever think about like the idea that you're communicating with your future self in some ways or you're, you're kind of talking to another version of yourself? Have you ever well, heard that theory? I've, I've, I've heard that idea. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you mean? Oh, well, I'm, just very generally, there's an idea that I enjoy, that we are always in conversation with our future self and our past self, and that, um, you know, we may not be listening <laughs> to one or the other, but in moments when you 
actually it, it matters that you listen such as a high pressure game or a life-threatening situation or even a moment where um, you're at a fork in the road there is this silent conversation that goes on between the present you and the you in the future how come you refer to it as a you in the future for me it's me right now and i'm better off going that way rather than this oh yeah right i mean possibly but you did mention like you it was almost like you were having a conversation um so it was you having a conversation with you ah i see that. <laughs> let me go back to that a little bit uh it was yeah, I can't. It's now we are. You're asking me to separate, and that's a good idea. Uh, who was talking to who? I did say it that way. Uh, it was. It was almost like a decision. Like I think I'll go get a drink, or I'll go. I'll go get a glass of water, or I'm going to go eat something, mm -hmm. uh, it, or maybe I better set the table or take the garbage out. It was almost like that kind of feeling mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. it was time to do this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that I mean and then of course you know there are all of these ideas and and a fair amount of evidence that you can sense uh, events precognitively yes yes and the, this one on the uh, where we're just talking about take a left uh, on the 40 yard line was uh, in the, an in the moment decision to make it, the story about running between the two tackling dummies mm -hmm. uh, and having the feeling of needing to do that it was a strange thing it was a kind of the same kind of uh, thing uh, where I just came to me to go over there it was less verbal mm -hmm. uh, it was more like kinesthetic do this feeling mm -hmm. and I just set up these tackling dummies walk 10 yards away from them with a the football turned around with my back to them then turned around and faced them and then sprinted at them and then between these dummies two times and that's really what happened on the football field because I had to catch up the punt over my head and then turn around and then when I turned around again about the 10 yard line I saw these two guys from Johns Hopkins coming right at me and it in that moment it was just a, a calm mm -hmm. I knew I knew what to do mm. just sprint between them as I had done two days earlier mm -hmm. that definitely sounds like other precognitive events I've I've heard people tell me about um, and does it I, I don't know in terms of a coincidence, like I think it is a coincidence, but I think it's a coincidence that comes from um, possibly detecting the event ahead of time. Yes, uh, I think that's what we're saying. Coincidence is a broad term uh, which suggests there two events might have a relationship or a causal connection between the two of them. And when we use the term precognition, we're beginning to say, well, it's not just a coincidence, it's got some kind of link between the two events that may be causal. We don't know how clairvoyance works, but it's a step in the, or precognition, we don't, it's a step in the direction direction of understanding how it works and I bring the story up uh, to you because we're going to talk about in the next segment we're talking about one of your stories but the idea that uh, for our listeners being able to recognize the possibility that we have the capacity to see the future uh, is what this story is intended to convey that we can do that sometimes mm -hmm. it's it, it's not just a coincidence that i had never done that tackling dummy before mm -hmm. uh, and had not done it after that mm -hmm. i was playing rugby at yale and uh the same thing happened i saw two guys standing there before the in front of the goal line and i said well i've, I've been here before and went right, <laughs> went right between them it was only like a seven or eight yard thing but it was like the same this i'd seen it before so that, that's more like i had practiced it but this yes. one with the tackling dummies i felt the future somehow mm-hmm and, and you didn't that, maybe know you were feeling the future, but you knew to listen to, or you knew to act and have agency. Exactly. And how I didn't know it, but I did it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what stops people from doing it. You don't know why you're doing it, mm-hmm. but you do it. And it's a it's an extension of everything Freud didn't pay attention to about the unconscious having so much in it. And it's beyond it's before the collective unconscious of Jung. It's kind of in between this mm-hmm. place where we can read reality in this re- in this reality in ways different from what uh, Freud and somewhat a way Jung might have included somewhere could do mm-hmm. so that's that's uh, we'll get on to your story in the next segment you're you've been listening you're listening today to connecting with coincidence i'm your host dr bernie biteman md we're talking with suzanne clories and we're going to talk more about clairvoyance and precognition in our next segment like to be able to read other people's minds well the next best thing is here when you know how to read a person's name you know how the person thinks feels and behaves each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names including the first and last impression people remember about us Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, <clears throat> Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. We're speaking with Suzanne Clories, who is the author of Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider. Suzanne, you told me a story I'd like to be able to ask you to tell our audience um, that involved your friend Garrett. 
Yes, sure. So um, part of what I do is um, in my podcast for The Extraordinary Project is I interview a lot of practitioners, scientists, experts in the field of um, extraordinary phenomena. But I also sometimes work with um, these practitioners. And Garrett is a clairvoyant energy healer. And I've worked with him for several years, always remotely. Um, Any time that I have an experience of pain that I cannot manage. Um, And I will, you know, forever wonder how he does what he does since he's working remotely, but I have always had success. And so I asked Garrett to come to my house to, um, because he's often in town, um, to sit down for an interview with, with proper audio equipment and really just get him to talk about the mechanism of his work. Because usually when we work together, he's working as a practitioner on, and I am receiving the energy healing. Um, but we never really talk about the mechanism or how it works. And it's, as you can imagine, if you haven't worked with a clairvoyant healer, it's, it's about as mysterious as it sounds. And so it felt like a great coup to um, get in conversation with Garrett. We were sitting in my living room. It was a Sunday night. And he started talking about, yes? I, I, I just, I, I know an energy healer who I've done it both at a distance and had the pleasure of his being in my presence. Mm-hmm. And I found that having him in my presence made a big difference. Mm. Uh, although for him it did it wasn't that much of a difference so i'm I'm familiar with what you're talking about but here you're talking with garrett about how uh it works and i'm fascinated i'm really glad that you try to figure out how this stuff works because that's what i love to do so (laughs) there there you are with garrett saying hey baby what's happening here how do you do this what's What's happening exactly and we're not um He's not working on me. We're just having a conversation. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's different. Um, but as he's talking and talking about, um, you know, his way of tapping into energy and seeing energy and, and you know, he has the skill, the ability to see energy in people and probably other things. But he was... He likened it to, he started talking about Jesus, which surprised me because in the decade that I've worked with him, he has never talked about religion or God or spirituality or Jesus. Um, it just hasn't been our part of our sessions. And so I was listening and I was a little bit unprepared to talk about Jesus. But what he said was that... Um, in his view, Jesus was working primarily when Jesus was alive and uh, attracting followers and healing people and performing miracles. In his view, he was working as a clairvoyant energy healer, among other things. And at that moment, there was a knock on my door, which is strange for a Sunday night. I live in a quiet neighborhood. People don't come knocking on my door ever so I ignored it and we kept talking you know we had the audio equipment on and um it would have been disruptive to stop and um then there was another knock and we ignored it again but I was getting irritated because usually when you don't answer the door the person goes away and finally we go back to our conversation And a minute later, there's a third knock. And so at that point, Garrett just starts laughing and says, they seem to require your attention. (laughs) Why don't you go answer the door? Um, And so I went to the door and lo and behold, were two young men smiling, well-dressed from uh, the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints. And I said, okay, well... um, I just opened the door and I greeted them and I told them that I was busy and they said, Oh, okay. You know, we, you know, is there a time that's convenient for you for us to come back? And, and I said, well, you can really come back anytime this week. And I meant it. It would be fine if they came back out of respect. I always say like, sure, you can come back. Um, 
I closed the door and told Garrett, went back to the interview, told Garrett who it was, and he said, I'm not surprised. And I said, really? And he said, no. I said, don't you think that's a strange coincidence that we were just talking about Jesus and then there was a knock on the door and two representatives um, from the Church of Latter-day Saints were at the door? And he said, not really. They were attracted to the conversation from afar. They were attracted to the energy and they wanted to be part of it. They wanted to be seen. Attracted to the energy. Mm -hmm. um, we have all kinds of uh, ways of explaining things, uh, especially getting out into the weirdness of coincidences mm -hmm. and, and this, all the things that that subsumes coincidences have under them. I like that he called it a strange coincidence. Uh, I, use the, <laughs> I use the word weird a lot, but uh, I'm, I look for various adjectives to kind of to, to, to denote, to demarcate the coincidences that are probably worth looking at, those that have a low probability of happening. Mm -hmm. And this one was was illustrates how timing increases the or decreases probability increases the weirdness factor mm -hmm. that he he had just been talking about Jesus and here comes people who are belong to an organ belong to an organization that has Jesus in its name mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, and that happened while almost he was talking about it the the narrower the time window uh, the weirder or the lower the probability of the coincidence and the more it attracts our attention to wonder how it works. Mm -hmm. So for him, it was an energy thing uh, mm -hmm. that they picked up his energy mm -hmm. talking about Jesus. What, what do you think of that explanation? Well, I think when I'm with Garrett, I do tend to see through his lens. And so... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're kind of an empathic person. Uh, yes. And yeah, you, you, you tune in, and I can tell that from our conversations, that you go right to what the other person's experience is really fast. Yes, yes. It's easy for me. Um, it's almost like the cell wall is very permeable. So, <laughs> so, permeable, so is, permeable is a great name for it. Um, yeah. uh, it other, other people call it porous. Right, porous, for sure. Right, yes. <laughs> no, permeable, I like permeable because permeable suggests a variation in the density or the thickness or the or, or the traffic between the, in the, across the boundary Perme permeable boundary usually is one that can vary um, right. porous means it's kind of fixed so uh, i'm sure you can close it down sometimes it's oh, yes and you need to yeah so permeable I is a great name for what you do no, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it 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 takes work, and I do think that there was time when I didn't know how to close it down. But I think with with Garrett, there it's, was it makes you crazy when you can't do it, man. It just makes it crazy. Yeah, uh, and... <laughs> I mean, I, I I've got I've let it down and then gotten into some really weird minds with it and made me nuts. I mean, uh, I, we get down deep into like uh, I'm a I'm a <laughs> A, uh, an intergalactic agent kind of discussion with somebody <laughs> and, and out comes all this stuff from the other person and I pick it up and it's like oh it's a, a couple of days I got to recover from it so you gotta it really is a problem sometimes. So, so often that's why I call Garrett because I did not close my boundaries and I get everybody's stuff in my space and he is very skilled at pulling everything out and so oh, oh wow what a metaphor there uh, yes. that's not so metaphorical that that's that's a, a more descriptive way of understanding what he does for you huh? yes it but it's taken a long time i've always known as a experiencer that's what's happened but it's taken a long time to put language to it Understand. and and so um and so i think number one i think he's right um, I, right, although, right, right about what? That that the um, the representatives from the LDS were attracted to the conversation that we were having, um, even though in the minute that it happened, I was kind of like, "Come on, 
Really? <laughs> you think that they they felt our, the vibe of our conversation from a block away? This isn't, um, you know, it's not like they overheard our conversation. It's not like we were out in the open. It's not like they could see us and we were dressed like people having a conversation about energy healing. It's not like there was there were any concrete signs yeah. uh, that they could respond to. Um, but so those always, for better or worse, those questions always go through my mind, even if I know that Garrett's assessment is correct, there's always a part of me that's kind of like, huh, are you sure? Well, it's, 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 it's very important to be skeptical and, and all of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, 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 we're coming to the end of this segment and sure. I will, I will demonstrate a form of skepticism that took me quite a while to learn, uh, as we look at the mechanism about Garrett and the LDS people. Okay. You're, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We are talking with Suzanne Clories, who is the author of Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships, not only love, but work school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. Welcome back to CC with your BB. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here talking with Suzanne Clories, author of the Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider. And we were just talking about her friend Garrett and how he thought that his his energy 
and he's an energy healer, uh, attracted uh, a pair of, uh, of Mormon Latter-day Saint um, people to the door of Suzanne's house. Um, and I find this a way I used to think, and I don't so much anymore, that there are two people involved with this, or at least Garrett and the, and the other pair. And it, they, the idea that they picked it up from Garrett uh, is one way of thinking about it. Um, and the other thing is that they, uh, they might have known something about Garrett being starting to be able to talk about it. They could have picked up, well, let's go to this house or that house, but they might have picked up their own capacity to be clairvoyant or precognitive, that it wasn't a passive thing only on their part that, to come up with going to knock on this house, but it might have been an active thing where they were registering the possibility. Now that I'm saying this, it doesn't sound that different, but I'm trying to say that it was a mutual thing, um, that they were open to it and that they could like even predict which houses might be more resonant with what they were doing rather than uh, that it was just Garrett sending it out and they picked it up. But now that I'm saying this, Suzanne, it's, there's, a, there's a mutuality here that I didn't quite hear in the way Garrett was saying it. It's more like Garrett did it to them where oh. they are, where I'm saying that they were uh, at least open to it and looking for a house that might be responsive to what they were doing. Yes, let me clarify. Garrett did not say that he was the reason why they came. It was more about the conversation and how, as you are saying, how they they were attracted to, they could feel it, they could hear it, they could clairvoyantly sense it or detect it. And as they were doing their rounds, I think you're right. I think that they did, and, and this is what Garrett was saying, they did pick up on a different vibration in this house. And it wasn't just that Garrett was sitting there, it's because he was in conversation with me about yes. this very concept. Mm -hmm. I think the only difference I'm making is that they were open, they were looking. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know that I heard that in, your, in Garrett's description. I think that it was there, I may not have relayed it properly, but they are, I mean, they're always open because that's what they do. They're soliciting, you know, they're yeah. going to talk to people about about where they come from and who they are and what they believe and they want to connect. Like that yeah. is the whole point. And so I think that that's, that's exactly right. Well, I, I'm looking at it, uh, I'm trying to uh, try to say that there are two, el three elements in this. There's Garrett and you talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and there is the, 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 the the people, the LDS people knocking on doors, sometimes mm -hmm. they just go from one door to the next. There's no, mm -hmm. sis that's the system to it. Mm -hmm. But then there's the possibility that they are, they have, let me call it a radar out, yes. trying to, to, to pick up where a good place might be. And that's the key in this, mm -hmm. that from the LDS perspective, they that other people can do this too if you're open and believe it's possible mm -hmm. you can find your way to where you need to be without necessarily knowing just how it happened yes that's right it's like they're following a, a radar or like a light you know it's like they're following a breadcrumbs in a way exactly and i call that human gps mm -hmm. um Without that, we have the subconscious capacity to get where we need to be without knowing how we got there. It's, it's the radar is a breadcrumbs. There are all kinds of uh, a light. Um, mm -hmm. There are uh, trackers of, mm -hmm. um, of wild animals mm -hmm. who see a light, a kind of a, a silvery cord that the animal has behind it, which they can follow to find where the animal is. Mm-hmm. It's a, and I, I wonder about getting back to this idea of um, like a field, an energy field. There's a, a, something that maybe we all have the ability to detect. Um, you just, this was also what I was trying to get to the bottom of with Garrett. And I, 
I always get a little closer, but never quite. Um, that really his work has to do with looking at your energy field or your bio field and seeing where energy gets stuck or where energy is, um, you know, uh, creating um, uh, problems. Where, where I will ask you and our listeners to think is the, the distinction between the energy field of my body, of your body, of other people's bodies, which, mm -hmm. uh, which modern science still doesn't think exists, mm -hmm. although uh, the plenty of uh, Eastern forms think, no, it is a form of chi and, mm -hmm. and chakras and, and uh, been around and manipulated for a long time, but mm -hmm. Western science does not quite accept that. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of energy in the body and then energy between two people which uh, i love to talk about uh, as a dancer that when i dance i can feel the energy in the in the room and feel the energy between me me and somebody else mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's there sometimes it's great it's mm -hmm. just super wonderful and sometimes it's nice and but uh, sometimes it's energetic for both of us and just we pop around a lot and i think you know what i mean this is like localized energy fields mm -hmm. uh, i i'd have trouble with go ahead and i'll tell you what i was talking about oh um no just to say i think i think we all experience each other's energy fields i think we all kind of intuitively know if um someone's in a good mood, someone's in a bad mood, if someone is attracted to you, if they can't stand to be around you, like all of these are, in addition to the emotional cues, um, I think that it's palpable to a lot of people, but we're just not really taught to acknowledge that it's palpable. And, not, and, not, to, and, not, to, and not taught to believe that it's palpable. To believe your own experience, that it's exactly. palpable, that you can be around like a really negative person who, um, you know, if you've ever stood next to a, a negative, miserable, abusive person, you start to feel sick, right? right. I mean, I, I think that that's part of it. If you stand next to someone who's incredibly positive and um, warm and loving, you feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so well said. I, I could feel it over the phone with somebody who was really negative, and I was making me a little bit sick. Um, doing it uh, night after night, I just had to stop it. It was like so much negativity. Uh, mm. But I like the way you are making yet that clearer to me. Um, mm. and, uh, it's something about the way you are saying it comes across as uh, standing next to the negative person standing next to the positive person you can pick it up and you're the way you're saying it conveys uh, um, clearer image of how that might look so uh -huh. yeah I, I think you've got a i think you've got a visual as well as a kinesthetic sense for what you're describing hmm. maybe so that's nice of you to say um i i do think it if it is visual it's almost like and i i think that a lot of people experience this you sort of learn to not see it because it's so it's so much information and we're sort of taught to not see it that um you know you don't really get the validation that you need if you are someone who can see energy and this is part of what i've talked to garrett about a lot um the the outer world is not ready at this moment to validate um being able to see energy clairvoyantly and so that's that's okay but meanwhile Garrett has a client list that <laughs> extends around the world um, and there are plenty of psychiatrists psychologists who are on his client list and this sounds like I'm plugging Garrett I don't necessarily mean to but it is fascinating that um, even though our culture is not ready to believe that this is real. Lots of people go to him for healings. Uh, and the, I went, I had this energy healer, as I mentioned to you, and um, it didn't really help because uh, there's a limit to what energy healing can do. And what are those, some of those limits, do you think? 
Um, so it depends. Everyone works very differently. And I've definitely been to energy healers who, you know, that you have to have very good boundaries. And I've worked with energy healers who don't have good boundaries. And so they end up putting all of their energy into your space. And so, and then it's kind of like you feel worse. Um, but if you have a really skilled practitioner, another interview I've done recently was with a Qigong master. And, um, you know, Qigong is the, is the Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine um, modality of moving energy through the body, moving qi through the body. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a skill. It is. Well, well I, I believe that. I'm just saying this guy is pretty skilled, too, and he's gotten done research with, with rats where he's cured mm. cancers with rats. Uh, um, and mm. it's amazing. I forget his name. And he's, he's, he's got a client list also. Uh, mm. But we'll continue this in our, in our next segment. Though. Sure, sure. We've come to the end of this one, and we're talking to um, Suzanne Clories, uh, Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider. This is connecting with coincidence. This is connecting with coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Ancients knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the earth and her cycles to our extreme detriment. The medicine wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shaman worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, at the Galactic Shamanism Retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact Touch In at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Welcome back. CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and we're speaking with Suzanne Cloris, Um and we're talking about energy healing. Uh, and 
we're raising the question of, of the limits of an energy healer, a good energy healer. Uh, not one who has boundary problems that you were talking about before, because this guy, this guy that I was involved with, was very, very um, uh, positively seen and had the research to show that he could do it, uh, as well as a, a client list that's pretty extensive. Um, but my problem was not was needed ended up needing some surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just trying to make sure that our audience knows the limits of what an energy healer can do. Oh, definitely. There are limits. It's not magic. Um, it It is uh, to work in tandem with Western medicine, for sure. Um, but I would say, if we're talking about limits, um, it seems to me that it the patient also needs to take care of their, their body and their energy. So I think a skilled energy healer can move energy that's blocking, creating pain. Um, but that doesn't change exactly what is creating the pain, if that yes. makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in psychiatry, it's pretty simple. Um, if you, the placebo response is pretty strong. And if you got, you get, I, I don't give pills to people who aren't ready to take them. Right. Uh, there's there's got to be an openness to change before mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. It really hits the person, and then there is mobilizing the person's own capacities to make the change, and then adding into that the uh, the healer's uh, uh, addition to to it. Right. It's almost like um, I guess you know. Well, one example I can give is um, I have three examples of of Garrett removing pain for me. One was from a physical injury. Um, that I, I also did months and months of physical therapy for. So it's not like I only relied on my energy healer to take this physical pain away. But there was a lot of pain that, um, you know, referred pain, all con- you know, pain is strange. It is always moving, I find, and always changing. And so I think an energy healer can really help. In, in many ways, as you're addressing pain, in as many ways as you can, um, that it's more of a subtle address on their, on their, uh, on their end. Um, but I think also, you know, I one example that I have is that I had a very old dog who was very dear to me. She was dying, and she was in pain, and he made the last two months of her life significantly better. Oh, that's, that's nice. That it, is good. It was beautiful. It was palliative care. And it just, you know, he worked on her a couple of times for the last two months of her life. And she, she would eat, she would drink, she would walk more actively. Like it just was so obvious. If you live with a pet for a long time, you start to know how they feel. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's a really beautiful use of, of yeah. energy healing. Yeah. Uh, the let's get to the um, the question of how uh, because I'm very familiar with localized energy fields personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also familiar with feeling the pain of a loved one at a distance, mm-hmm. uh, which is not localized at all. Uh, with my father, it was three thousand miles away, as he was choking on his own blood, and I was choking uncontrollably uh, in San Francisco. He was in Delaware. And uh, a lot of people have this experience. I've I've done enough questionnaires, uh, answers to see that, and stories as well. That's not the, that that seems like the same thing, feeling the pain of a loved one close, like standing next to someone who's got a bad vibe, but Mm -hmm. it's not. It's at a distance. And there's something different about doing it at a distance and the in-between version of that is the clairvoyant healer who is mm-hmm. who is not in the same place but doing something like this simulpathity experience that a lot of people have mm-hmm. so he, and it's it's not it's not energy in the present but how do you so this is where i'm confused mm-hmm. how, how do you because i think of the psychosphere mm-hmm. as an energy information containing 
mental atmosphere Mm-hmm. that we're all immersed in and through which we can traverse mm-hmm. and which I see as related to all this. But how do you understand the ability of Garrett and others to heal at a distance? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think what I've come, how I've come to see it is, um, you know, if you give someone permission to access your energy field, and they have the ability to see. Distance doesn't actually make a difference. Um, it, it's almost like it, it circumvents space-time somehow. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of, of how we all might do that on a daily basis. But, um, but I, I, think, I think that Garrett in particular, and probably many other energy healers, there is some, um, you know, if we have a conversation and he's working at me from afar, I think that's a way that um, that, that helps him see. Um, I know that some healers can work on someone from afar and not be in conversation with them. I don't know how that's done, but there's something about this type of clairvoyant vision. Um, and it doesn't always have to be vision. It's like you say, it could be um, uh, a sensory experience or it could be a knowing or it could be clairaudience. You could hear. Sometimes it's like you can hear the, the person um, in a way that is different from your traditional hearing but if there's a connection that's why i said like he has to ask you if he has if he if he may access your energy and if you say yes then it's almost like the way i see it visually it's like your biofield becomes available um, yeah, i i i, I your answer is space-time uh, gets collapsed. It doesn't really make any difference. Mm-hmm. And he can be there with you um, mm-hmm. somehow. Somehow. Uh, somehow. And, and it's, it's, I'm, still, um, I'm still a materialist because right. uh, I know that I can get in my car and turn, the ga- and turn the car on and go. There's something about this world that is kind of – that's, that's – this uh, this 3D reality that I want to extend before I get too far out from it. I and, know. And, and need to have other <laughs> explanations because I think there are other ex- explanations. There have to be. Uh, I don't know what they are. I guess that's the answer. Like I don't I don't have a 3D reality explanation. I don't I don't know. But I do know that having accessed you know, I think people can access the 4D and the 5D. Yeah. That I believe, and so I don't know how that fits into materialism, but. I think that that's that's it, more part of yeah it, how it, I have been it, thinking it, about it. <laughs> four 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 D can affect three D. I mean that's that's the way we can think about it. Uh, oh yeah, can, that's good. Can ch- change the machine around, and I think you can do that. But I like to know. I like to push the three D thing uh, for mm-hmm. a while, just be so because I can visualize it. So when I when I think about the psychosphere, I see uh, energy information um, floating around, uh, all around us that we can access, mm-hmm. and that we create tunnels between our minds, which may be something like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. so that uh, Garrett's mind and your mind uh, are connected mm-hmm. at, a di- at a distance. Um, and not that he's there but that you are connected somehow. And mm-hmm. I, that's so I visualize these tunnels as uh, connectors. If they're very much internet-like, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, these, that we can connect literally with somebody else. And he can, at a distance, connect with your mind because my, uh, energy and intention connects minds. Mm-hmm. Energy and intention entered intention with energy connects minds mm-hmm. and and i'm visualizing this tunneling as a way in which that might happen that's just a another version but i don't need i don't want to do space time yet um, because i can b- do a picture like this mm-hmm. well i only mentioned space time because i think 
that is a question that people have. Oh, like, oh it how, is. It, it's a yeah. it's a great thing to bring up, and uh, and it's 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 a it's an easier answer because we don't conceptualize space. You don't space know, time. right? <laughs> right. It, it, I don't <laughs> right. like to use hard to understand uh, ideas to explain hard to understand events. Um, no, it, me too. It, me too. But there's something to the space time. There's, there's something to it. So we have to be able to pay attention to it. Well, we get we have about a, a, another minute or so left, and I want to mention something that you also reminded me of in what you were talking about. It got me back to running that football and um, and uh, something you also running that football and getting to the 40 yard line and having this idea to take a left to cut across the field i was on the right sideline cut across the field because john green did it the week before and i like to think that there are also there's thoughts coming into our minds from some higher self mm -hmm. and that's sort of what something about what you were talking about that if we listen to our intuition we can find guidance that may be coming from someplace what we think of as outside of ourselves mm -hmm. and then the outside and inside begin to get stretched because then our insides become stretched to the outside well we've mm -hmm. come to the come to the end of our segment our, and our store on our story today suzanne and our show been a pleasure having you. This we've been talking with Suzanne Clories, author of Memoirs of a Spiritual Outsider. Thank you for being back with us on Thank the you. X on the XCBN Network. Thank you.